One of my purposes for writing books and blogs is to incite others to hear, to think and to decide for themselves in that order. Rene Taro, author of The Mystic on Amazon. Add. Hopefully this background info will provide context for this installment. I am fortunate to have experienced quite a few unusual, and sometimes painful, events, which have prompted me to write and to offer anecdotes and informed opinions about a variety of topics. My very traumatic spiritual past has also caused me to ponder the state of hashtag spirituality in a quest for my own hashtag truth, and as I mentioned above, the purpose of my blogging is really to spark conversations and actions that will help someone else find their own truth. When I was a kid, I sang in the church as many kids do and I realized very early that it was for the wrong reasons. I was a member of a Pentecostal church, which, you can click here to read about in another blog post, and I enjoyed the attention and popularity that my singing afforded me. Sometimes when I sang, the church people would jump, yell and dance, but I would just stand there with the mic, with the same expression as if I was eating an ice cream cone, and with not even the same passion that many would sing the national anthem. Many times church members would ask me why I did not get turned on by my own songs and as any 8-12 year old child would do, I simply told them the truth, that I did not feel anything. Once I became a teen, the questions about my lack of passion for church songs, evolved into people telling me that I did not feel the spirit because the devil was in me and I was on my way to hell because I would not let God have his way with me. Comments like these are why I am now so passionate about educating people against this tyrannic and maniacal mind control of young children. It is also why a few years ago I wrote the folk song Just Be, which you can listen to by clicking here and which admonishes people to allow their children to develop without being unjustly manipulated. Needless to say, at that young age I was very disappointed in myself for not fitting in and for being evil. I decided to do something about it the next time I performed in church. I would concentrate really hard, jump, shout, cry, run and all the other things I saw other people doing. The following Monday, after doing just that, I sat in school feeling tired, down and like a pure fool, I was so friggin' embarrassed. It's hard to explain because now that I think about it, my sister who danced every Sunday and who, to this day, is not ashamed to beg anyone for money, seemed totally okay with it, but I'm not my sister. Fast forward about 20 years of me trying to please Christians and failing, getting tired of failing, tasting being free, and deciding to stay free, I realized a few things and asked myself some serious questions. Most people approach religion based on their personal preferences, not another entity's desires so who are we trying to please here? Please follow me while I try to make a point, it is sad to say that many young children are sexually abused each year are made to feel sexually dirty as teens or are ridiculed by partners when they are not up to par sexually. In fits of self-hatred, these people grow up to become some of the most notorious Christians ever to exist and their platforms usually have something to do with physical repression, in the name of Jesus, of course. In this same vein, my personal observations of persons with the propensity for extreme religious tendencies show that these tendencies coincide with behavioral patterns of highly emotional, overly sensitive, gullible or stubborn humans. I say stubborn because many who are not emotional, just refuse to do the research to learn anything more than what their grandma told them, which is why preachers with longevity tend to be born under zodiacal signs of Cancer, Taurus, Libra, Scorpio, Sagittarius, and Capricorn. The more liberal preachers who are down for the Christian status quo, but have a tendency to be accused of not being strict enough, typically fall under water signs and just have decided to be smart, teach the traditional religion, even if they don't believe it just to get people to get the general idea that they should be good at heart, but I digress. Why would a great, omnipotent, omniscient, omnipresent, free, awesome, unstoppable, creator of everything want to be in me? The above typography is not a typo. As one who has had the opportunity and pleasure to astral project, 
I could not image that if I had created everything in the known galaxies that I would want to live in a crazy preacher. Experiencing power that I could only imagine to be akin to being high on the best of the best organic and non-addictive cocaine laced with caffeine to the NTH degree is not conducive to what is being taught by mainstream, maniacal Abrahamic religions. When I became entrenched in hashtag paganism, I began naturally gravitating away from worship of said entities and toward a high level of respect for them. These entities want to be in you, they want to eat what you eat, they want to feel what you feel and your thoughts words and deeds empower them so, why not empower yourself? These entities also come when you call and feel hurt, abandonment, love and attachment just like you do, but they just don't have bodies and are free from the limits of carnality, though still restricted. I submit to you intelligent beings that religions have it all wrong. The making of a god. We have a lot of information literally at our fingertips where those ancients from the past were only privy to what they were told by their immediate elders. You and I know much more than they, which mandates us to stop acting foolishly, and to come up with ways to present this information and preserve it so that posterity can find it and read it just in case we make a mistake and blow up the world, destroying all electricity, hashtag smartphones, hashtag apps and hashtag Kindle devices. In other words, we still need regular, hard books to record some of the most important info. Having said that, and being privy to all of this wonderful info, I have deduced the following about how a god becomes a god and I will relay this to you in a parable, hey it worked for others. An ascended old soul is born. Armin was a really special person who positively affected everyone in his path. He was born in the province of Zale in the country of Walney and from the time he was a child, he seemed wise beyond his years. Armin was helpful, tried to get along with everyone and he was particularly fond of the crippled and insane. Unity with and love of others. Everyone loved Armin because he was sweet, unassuming and forgiving. His more aggressive friends defended him with all their might because they knew Armin would not defend himself. A natural teacher. One day when Armin was nine, his elementary school teachers noticed he had attracted a group of other kids at the playground, near the slide. Armin was telling them stories about animals, faraway places and things he had done in previous lives because, unlike others, he remembered. Everyone was in awe, and begged to know more. Some of the students returned home that night and began recording in their diaries the things that Armin had said. The wrong cause for the right reason. Once Armin grew up, his hometown encouraged him to run for governor of their province and surprisingly he won the election. In Armin's country, each province was given a vote that would determine the country's laws. Armin had served as governor for five years when a national uproar occurred whereby various female, homosexual and minority groups began fighting the status quo and inciting people to take down very powerful and rich families that had been in leadership for many years, but were oppressing the majority of the people. Armin agreed with them. We put you up and we can take you down. By now, Armin had the ear of many in the nation and he used his influence and power to advocate the cause of the downtrodden. The powerful families were not willing to give up their power so they conspired to assassinate Armin. A Great Wailing News of Armin's death spread quickly throughout the planet and many factions rose up in defense of his character and to perpetuate his personality. Monuments, statues and places of introspection were erected in his memory and one little boy who had been particularly touched when Armin visited his school wept in the playground. The little boy's name was Khan. The Council of Khan. Khan's mother had gone to school with Armin and she showed Khan the entries of her diary, which recorded things he had said and done. Khan begged for these diaries, which his mother gave to him and he read them under the bed covers each night with his Pinocchio flashlight. Eventually Khan grew up and when he turned 21 years old, he was meditating in a field and the spirit of Armin appeared to him and asked him to continue his teachings. 
Armin advised him that he would become Khan's spirit guide and that he could have more influence in a political role. He asked Khan to pursue a master in government history because politics was more important than religion. Khan wept sorely and did exactly what the energy of Armin asked him to and eventually became head of the country. Khan used his platform to create a council of bishops and influence them to name Armin as a god. Hybrid Gods As time progressed the country of Walni entered into war with Gagedit, which was a coalition of islands located a few hundred kilometers west of the Walni Seas. The Gagedians worshipped a sea god, who they called Liquidosius and they felt the Walnians were raiding the seas, stealing all the fish and desecrating nature so they had started to attack Walnian ships. Liquidosius was hundreds of years old and had started off as a really nice old guy named Cho Cho who died at sea in a fishing accident, but that's another story. It took a short time for the Walnians to conquer the small nation of Gagedit and many islanders were killed, however some of the premier architects, engineers, researchers and beautiful women were saved and brought back to Walney to live and become citizens. A new temple is born and sanctioned by the state. Guglo, one of the architectural engineers of Gagedit, found that even in the midst of the prosperity of Walney, he missed his mother and friends who were killed in the war. He decided in himself to never sell out to citizenship and to keep the memory of the islands and of Liquidosius alive, even though he really did like Armin also, based on the stories he had heard of him. He began studying more about Armin and became close friends and confidant of the leader Khan who shared with him some of Armin's original teachings that Khan's mother had given him. Khan and Guglo married sisters so their children grew up together and were more like siblings than cousins. The wives of Khan and Guglo, Twita and Fakbak, were always pregnant at the same time so there were many conjunct birthday parties and celebrations where both Khan and Guglo told stories of old and delighted the children for hours. Khan and Guglo JRS, KJ and GJ because this little story is taking a lot longer than planned, and I'm running out of names, grew especially close and remained so even into their adult years as they took on the professions of their fathers. GJ eventually became head of Walney and commissioned his cousin and chief architectural engineer to create an elaborate temple honoring their fathers and both gods Armin and Liquidosius. They decided to call the shrine the Temple of Armadasius so that the descendants of Walney and Gagedit could honor the best attributes of both gods. After many years, the people of Walney referred to these dual entities as one god and from that time forward the people of the land worshipped Armadasius, Lord of Walney. Final Point the story above is a basic skeletal synopsis of how all the current gods on our planet came into existence. Whether they started out as Anunnaki or plain old guy and hominids, they were just like you and me, energy beings with purpose and destined for growth. My opinion is that we should honor all spirits, plants, animals, rocks, ourselves, etc., and do more work to understand our motivations behind needing to worship something. Is this need to worship an extension of childhood and an unconscious rejection of the responsibility that we have to evolve and stand alone as a son with our own solar system? Some say that the God of Abraham started out as the Canaanite gods El and Baal and in many cases was edited out of the old canon and replaced with the word God if the text indicated favorable worship of the deities. From all accounts, I'd say this hybrid entity who supposedly drowned whole armies, destroyed entire cities of homosexuals, Beheaded kings and confiscated others' properties is not a nice energy being. I mean look at his kids that we call hashtag ISIS. Alright, that's all for now so please do your own research and I do recommend a wonderful book by John Shelby Spong entitled Rescuing the Bible from Fundamentalism, A Bishop Rethinks the Meaning of Scripture, ad, which I think will help Christians get a better understanding about the making of the Bible. RT